One of my biggest struggles in early sobriety was falling asleep. And even now, years in, sometimes my brain is just too active and too anxious to rest. This used to cause a lot of stress for me, but now I take Tanasi before bed and it helps me relax and get to sleep. My husband has even said that he has never seen me sleep deeper. As a former scientist, I appreciate Tanasi's commitment to science and research. They provided a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. This team of scientists discovered Tanasi's one-of-a-kind patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula. Studies show that it's twice as effective as CBD alone, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university to support ongoing research. If you're struggling with anxiety or trouble sleeping, then I encourage you to give Tanasi a try. It comes in a variety of different forms like lotions, soft gels, gummies, tinctures, and drink concentrates. I've been using the tincture before bed. Go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I want to talk about why we believe alcohol helps us. When you think about quitting drinking, you might feel sad and anxious at the thought of never drinking again. How is it even possible to have a good life without drinking alcohol? We all have beliefs that alcohol helps and that it's essential for happiness and connection, but it's really not. It's just a drink. That's it. We rationalize why it's helpful because we're obsessed with it, but when we get some distance, we see that alcohol was causing more bad than good. These beliefs or positive alcohol expectancies are formed when we're really young and then they're reinforced through the way that alcohol affects the brain. In this episode, you'll learn how these beliefs are formed, how they are reinforced, and how you can start breaking them down for yourself so that you can be free. So let's dig in. someone drinking on TV, they're usually shown as glamorous, attractive, and classy. Drinking is often shown as funny, and it's a way that characters can connect with each other. Even worse than that, though, is the way that the media depicts problem drinkers. They really perpetuate the stigma, and they only show the worst kind of drinker the sad one that everybody makes fun of and is a giant loser. There was a show on Netflix in the past year called The Girl Across the Street from The Girl in the Window, and she would start her day drinking an entire bottle of wine and people in town were gossiping about her drinking. They represented her character as a sad loser, and then towards the end, she overcame her hardship and decided that she didn't need alcohol anymore, so she just quit. The scene was really emotional and she was shown as so strong. She didn't even get withdrawals after drinking multiple bottles of wine per day every day. I mean, that's amazing. She just decided she didn't need alcohol anymore and then went on to live a better life. And this portrayal of problem drinkers 
reinforces the belief that drinking is a choice and only losers can't control the amount they drink. So as soon as she stopped being the sad loser, all of a sudden she had a great life and she didn't need alcohol anymore. I can't think of a time that I've seen a heavy drinking character have withdrawals. Usually they just get strong and they stop drinking and everything is immediately wonderful and they don't even have any cravings or setbacks. If only it was that easy. And that's another reason that we think that we are such giant losers when we can't control the amount that we drink because we see all these examples in TV of losers who as soon as they got strong, they didn't need alcohol anymore and then, you know, life was amazing. So the media creates positive beliefs about why alcohol helps us and it reinforces the stigma that people who struggle with alcohol choose to drink that way because they're weak-willed losers. And think of how many hours that you spent watching TV in your life. We are constantly being bombarded with this messaging on TV shows, in movies, and in commercials. Commercials always represent drinking as sexy, fun, classy, and glamorous. So of course, we're going to buy into all of this messaging because that's what we're being shown as we grow up. Between the years 1996 and 2015, alcohol brand placement in the top grossing movies increased by 92%. And for just alcohol in general, not specific alcohol brands, 87% of movies show characters drinking alcohol and 85% of the top children's movies that are rated G or PG show characters drinking alcohol. For kids' movies, specific alcohol brands appeared in 41% of the top movies. And research has found that the brands that are showing up in kids' movies are also the most commonly used brands for underage drinkers. So we're getting all of this subliminal messaging that alcohol is good and fun and it helps and it's essential for life as we're growing up. So of course we're going to believe that. So the messaging that we see has a huge effect on us. There was a small study of 121 participants and they showed them Facebook ads of either beer or water bottle ads. And then they offered them a choice of a gift card to a coffee shop or to a bar. 73% of the people who saw the beer ad chose the gift card to the bar. And only 55% of people who saw the water bottle ad chose the gift card to the bar. So that's a big difference. The study was really small, so there are obviously limits, but it shows that seeing alcohol ads is really powerful. And you can turn off alcohol ads on social media, by the way. If you don't know how to do that, I have a highlight bubble on my Instagram that shows you screenshots of step-by-step -step how to do that. And you can turn them off on YouTube. So if you don't know how to do it, you don't have to see these ads anymore. Alcohol is totally glorified in our culture, and we are shown constant examples of how amazing it is, how it helps us fit in, be more attractive, have better sex, be classier, that it's what successful people do, that it helps us wind down, that you can't have a good vacation without drinking. And in all of the ways that we are shown alcohol, we are never shown the negative consequences. Positive alcohol expectancies are learned associations that we make between alcohol and some positive outcome. 
And these associations don't even have to be something that you're actively aware of either. The media promotes a lot of alcohol drinking, and analysis has found that characters who drink alcohol are generally more attractive than characters that don't drink alcohol. So this creates a belief that alcohol is self-enhancing and makes us more attractive. So even if you're not actively thinking like this character is sexier than this character because they drink, like that's the messaging that you're receiving very consistently. And this is one reason why it becomes so difficult to date without drinking because you believe that alcohol makes you more attractive, helps you loosen up, helps you have fun, and makes it easier for you to connect with others. So since that's what we believe, then it means if we don't drink alcohol, we are less attractive, uptight, boring or awkward, and we will struggle to vibe with other people. So of course, it becomes difficult to not drink on a date when you believe all of those negative things about not drinking. So we have all these beliefs as we grow up, but once we start drinking, they are reinforced through dopamine. When we drink alcohol, endorphins are released, which makes us feel good. And then these endorphins trigger the release of dopamine. This is something that I explained in a lot of detail in episodes 11 and 62, if you want to learn more about that. But overall, dopamine is a motivational chemical. It makes us pay attention to the positive experience that we are having, so we remember how to seek it out in the future. And this is one reason why you get cravings when you try to stop, because when you're cued by the time of day, driving past your favorite bar, or having a negative emotion, dopamine is released in the brain to try to motivate you to seek out alcohol. The brain remembers that alcohol helps because of the huge amount of dopamine that's released from alcohol and other drugs. So if you're trying to quit drinking, it might feel hopeless to think about life without alcohol. But let's break down some of these beliefs and I'll explain how you can do this yourself for the rest of your stupid beliefs about alcohol. So previous studies have found that when people think they drink alcohol, they become more aggressive, more sexually aroused, and show more sexually disinhibited behaviors. This is just the expectation of drinking though. They're not actually drinking any alcohol. So the best example of this is when you go to the bar and you put in your drink order. You start feeling the effects of drinking alcohol, like being happier and more relaxed, but you don't even have your drink yet. And that experience is real. The experience of drinking isn't just the time that we are actively consuming alcohol. It's also the before and after too. When we expect that we're going to have alcohol, the brain starts releasing dopamine because it has learned that alcohol is a rewarding experience. So the anticipation of drinking is a huge part of the experience. And the anticipation is why a lot of people will relapse too. Anticipating alcohol when you're trying to be sober creates a big craving. A 2012 study from France looked at whether or not alcohol makes us feel more attractive. This study was similar to the one I talked about in episode 101 about alcohol and creativity. In the first part of the study, the participants were in a bar and some drank alcohol and some did not. They were then asked to rate their level of attractiveness. And as you can probably expect, the ones that drank alcohol rated themselves as more attractive. 
Then they were told that they were going to taste test a new cocktail and then record a video testimonial about the cocktail. So half the drinks were non-alcoholic, but none of the participants knew if they had a cocktail or if they had a mocktail. And then after they recorded the videos, they had to rate their video on level of attractiveness and humor and things like that. The participants who thought they drank alcohol gave themselves higher ratings, even if they actually only had a mocktail. Similarly, if the participants thought they had a mocktail, they gave themselves lower ratings, even if they had actually been given a drink with alcohol. So this shows the strong placebo effect of drinking alcohol. Your beliefs about alcohol strongly affect your experience. And we develop these really strong beliefs that alcohol makes us more confident and helps us socialize, but it's really just a placebo effect. Another study subliminally activated alcohol memories in men, so they cued them without them being aware of it. And the researchers found that when they activated alcohol memories, men rated pictures of women's faces as more sexually attractive than if their alcohol memories weren't activated. And I explained how alcohol memories become activated in sobriety in episode 61 if you want to know more about that. And that's the reason that we can have similar effects with mocktails or non-alcoholic beers, and that's because the expectation of drinking alcohol triggers these alcohol-related memories in the brain. The semantic network model of memory is a theory that states that concepts that frequently co-occur are stored close together in our memory. So this means when you activate one, the other is much easier to activate. So we link things together, like alcohol and getting a buzz. So because these things are linked in our minds, when we drink a non-alcoholic beer, the taste, smell, and familiar feeling of having a drink in our hand activates the calming, social, and buzz feelings that we would get from real alcohol. I did a deep dive on non-alcoholic drinks and how they affect the brain in episode 77, but a non-alcoholic drink is similar enough in experience to a real alcoholic drink that we can create similar vibes for ourselves without consuming any alcohol. The mind is really powerful, and that's why in the study I just explained, if the participants believed they consumed alcohol, they had the same outcome. So in this case, they feel they are more attractive and they feel that they are funnier. And whether or not they drank alcohol didn't matter. It was just if they thought they did. So if you believe alcohol helps you, then it does. And similarly, if you believe alcohol helps you, then you also believe negative things about not drinking ever again. What we believe creates our reality. When I first stopped drinking, I believed that alcohol helped me connect with my husband. And if I didn't drink, we would have awkward dates and struggle to connect. So do you know what happened? When we went out for the first couple months, it was awkward and I had trouble connecting with him. My husband was just acting normally, but because I believed that it would be awkward, I made it awkward. And eventually I felt more comfortable with sobriety and let go of this belief. And now my husband and I connect and have fun on dates like normal. I no longer believe that alcohol is essential for good times and connections. So the best way to break down your positive alcohol expectancies is with proof. You might believe that you can't have fun 
over the weekend without drinking. So instead of creating that reality for yourself by sitting around and then seeing that you don't have fun, so then you reinforce the belief that alcohol is essential, how about you make some plans on the weekend and make sure that you have fun? Take ownership of your experience. Of course, you're not going to have fun if you just sit around. So find some things to do and prove to yourself that you can have fun without alcohol. You might also believe that you can't relax without a drink. And this belief can also be broken down with proof. If you give sobriety a chance, you will see that alcohol isn't actually required for anything positive. We keep chasing this brief one or two hour high that we get from drinking alcohol and we don't connect the next 22 hours of misery to our drinking. If you get some space and you try to prove to yourself that you can do everything you want without alcohol, then you'll see the effect that alcohol actually had on you. I thought my life just sucked and that's why I was miserable all the time. And sure, my life wasn't really that good because I gave everything up for alcohol. But when I got some distance from alcohol's effect on my brain, I realized that most of my misery was from drinking. Or at least alcohol enhanced all of my problems and made them a lot worse. If you want to explore more topics like this, I have a membership where we do monthly meetups on Zoom and I release episodes about navigating specific situations without alcohol. The two most popular requests from my members right now are how to deal with shame and how to get past day two or three. So if you're interested in learning more about that, then check out the show notes or my website. And I challenge you, do something fun this weekend and prove to yourself you don't actually need a drink. And I will talk to you next week. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today.